Welcome back to Podcast 53 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For 250 bucks worth of free bets, please visit theicebreakers.com slash bet now and click to get your bonus terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support The Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com to shop and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. You get the premium plays for line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Also use the promo code football 2023 to get a hundred bucks off any football package. Good until September 1st. We have a great show for you today. Because Andy Molitor from the Deep Dive Podcast and BetSperts.com is back to break down some NFL. Going to have some fun with Andy, talk about some MVPs, Rookie of the Years, uh, any other exotic markets out there. You know, Andy seems to have a niche for that. He's really sharp at that. Him and Whale Capper over there do a fantastic job, and I'm excited to talk a little pigskin with Andy and uh, just kind of see what we can get into. Obviously, this weekend, we're going to be at the Circa. Please stop by. We'll be in the Galaxy Ballroom uh, podcasting streaming at YouTube.com. So check out our YouTube channel, 2 to 5 Pacific Time on Thursday, 9 to noon Pacific Time on Friday. We're going to have Sean Kanaki there with me by my side from the Oddsbreakers. We'll have some swag for you. So make sure you check us out. Get into the football contest. Use footballcontest.com. Tony and Maddie do a fantastic job if you're not located in Vegas. Hey, this is the best contest around. I would just grab a flight, maybe be a red eye, quick get over there, sign up, talk to Maddie, talk to Tony, tell them the odds breakers sent you. Before Andy comes on, want to quick talk a little college football week zero and give you a play. So many of these spreads are pretty close to my power rings, except for two games. One of them is going to be a premium play. Uh, the line moved where I liked it. And the other one is one I'm going to give you. And believe it or not, USC is playing San Jose State at home. And San Jose State, man, Brent Brennan has turned this program around just two years ago. Obviously, they won the uh, Mountain West by beating Boise State in their championship game, if you remember that. That was wonderful for them. Uh, then they ended up losing their bowl game. But either way, Brett Brennan has been fantastic. And last year, this team wasn't that bad. You know, uh, they had an easy schedule. They did avoid Boise State and Air Force, but they had a positive 0.64 yards per play. So they weren't terrible, and they could have some good returning production. Now, USC is USC. I mean, they're a top five, six team in many people's power ratings. They have... Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams returning as the starter. You know, big feat. They averaged 42 points per game, but they did give up 29.2 points per game. Their defense wasn't that great, if you remember. You know, Tulane beat them in a bowl game. But, yes, lots of people sat out that game, including, I believe, Caleb Williams even didn't play much that game, if I remember. But, I mean, so many people sat out that game. But still, if you look at some of the games before that, uh, Notre Dame put up 27 on them, which wasn't great. 
UCLA put up 45 on them. Colorado was terrible and put up 17. So I'm not completely buying in that the defense is completely fixed here. My power ratings have this more of a 24-point spread, not a 30-and-a-half-point spread. Now, the thing that scares you a lot is if what if this tempo takes uh, USC over? Well, I don't think the tempo is going to be there because neither team was that fast. Now, USC had a very great offense last year, but the truth is that their tempo ranking was only 85th, 27.16 seconds per game, while San Jose State's tempo rating was 26.6 seconds per game at 72nd. You know, so you're looking at kind of the middle tier when it comes to tempo. Also, with the rule change, is USC going to be able to run the clock out at the end? Or are they just going to score again because the clock would be stopping on first down? But that is not going to happen until the final two minutes, as we know. So I, I'm not loving these big spreads early on in the season without the time to actually, obviously, make that cover. Sometimes the second string and third string come in and try to cover for you. But in this situation, I have to go with my power rings, and this is the free play I'm going to give you. San Jose State plus the 30 and a half. There's a few 31s out there for 1.5 stars. Always sprinkle that money line. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. All right, my friends. Well, I can't wait to get into the season here. There's only, there's only about five or six week zero games, but week one's going to be huge, and we're going to have some fun for you. We're going to have some great guests this weekend, probably talking a little college football as well. Without further ado, let's get into our guest for today, though. NFL Futures with Andy Molitor from the Deep Dive Podcast and BetSperts.com. Now I'm very pleased to welcome back the co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast as well as the Director of Content at BetSperts and Mr. Andy Molitor from BetSperts.com. You can follow Andy at AndyMSFW on X, formerly known as Twitter. Andy, so yeah. We're here, man. We Twitter has changed and football's back. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I spent too long on that. I, I spent a long time finding a, uh, finding like a, a Chrome extension that turns my X tab and makes it say Twitter still. <laughs> Otherwise, I just get I, I, the first time it switched, I had like seventeen Twitter tabs open because I kept I couldn't find it, so I just opened another one. I couldn't find it because I kept looking for the little bird, so. I fixed that. I found a I found a little worker on, but yeah, we're still out here and we're sitting here. Tomorrow is the opening day of the last weekend of preseason. Then there's a little bit of a little spell there where you get to about you know a ten day stretch, and then Jesus, right on top of us, the Chiefs Lions Thursday night football should be fun. Chiefs Lions Thursday night, and that thing's been dancing between six and a half and seven. I made some early preseason uh, or season bets. Probably July, a little bit into this month as well. I'm, I think I'm on the Rams and the Titans before the line moves at least. But not too much investment so far for me in in week one. But you have that lull, and that lull just means you better start watching college football, I guess, because they'll have a couple yeah. big Sunday games. I, I think LSU Florida State might be Sunday. I have to, one of them is a big game on Sunday. I'm going to have to relook at that. But that's kind of like the advertisement for college football is this little lull here but it's interesting because the nfl they're still injuring people and you know the preseason is went down to four game from four to three and i still see a ton of injuries you know i'm like a lot of these are happening in practice because they almost feel like they're pushing practice harder andy yeah it feels like they the volume of them is seems as high if not higher 
But I think we've, and I don't think there's actually any signal or any reason. I think we've just been lucky. We haven't had, like, it seems like there's usually a rash of, like, oh, like, six guys tore their ACLs this week. Like, that every preseason. Feels like we've been a little luckier in that regard. With like, you know, the running back in Miami. And, you know, there's been a few of those where it's like, oh, it's just, uh, it's minor. It's just week to week. Like, instead of. Uh, you know, in previous seasons, we've had a lot of those preseason non-contact, blow a knee out, never gets to play. Obviously, the Burrow thing stunk because that guy just is apparently never going to get a normal preseason. But uh, even a lot of the injuries are trending in the right ways, unless you're the Bears offensive line, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the Bears offensive line, for sure, that's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, we have uh, our first mini-cluster injury already. I know. you got Tevin D- Jenkins and then – their starter that they just drafted right um, a tackle is banged up. And then there's a couple other guys that they picked up is banged up. It's like, it's going to be musical chairs right now. And that just makes me be like, okay, well, you know what? You didn't play fields much, but now it's kind of like too bad. I really don't want to see who fields get banged around the, the last game of preseason. Now you're just going to kind of have to go in and, um, and, and figure it out as a bears fan. It's a little frustrating, but I guess I guess if anything, you do have a quarterback that has wheels, uh, you know, and and I guess that's the best beater of a bad offensive line is a quarterback that has legs, and it, they have that. He's not a pocket passer, at least not yet, and I don't expect him to be much of a pocket passer yet this year either. But uh, the the injuries are crazy. But what's funny is that Trey Lance finally is not injured. And he just got demoted anyway because he finally played enough time to realize that he's not better than Sam Darnold, man. Yeah, that was, I guess it wasn't like jarring news, but it was like, oh, man, just if, if you actually take a step back and look at, you know, the the whole process of how those several trades went down before that draft and what they gave up for him. And, you know, the it's crazy how we, we view that front office and that coaching staff with such high regard, but they've really had some some unique blunders at the quarterback position. And I guess, and it's funny how then, Possibly just a. I don't ever want to call anybody Tom Brady too, but you know the the obvious the comparison is just you know some guy you draft super late in the draft that turns out to be like a, yeah. a multi year starter. I mean, how many how many teams can go draft guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and then it turns out like, hey, this guy's good enough to start for us for <laughs> years. You know that that sort of stuff just falling in your lap after you've you know angled and worked your way up and got that you know traded all that stuff for the third pick uh you know obviously d- did what you did to jimmy g i don't know how he put up with kind of how they they, they treated him i suppose but i mean so it's unique because i don't know that the fact that darnold is in front of him is that's the jarring part it's like oh i watched that guy play Darnold's had some good preseason performances, I guess, if I even remember back to the Jets in Carolina a little bit. But, I mean, you can't – when it comes to the real game, I don't know if he can do it, and hopefully he won't have to. But I think the sample size is just still way too low on Purdy, who had the easiest part of the Niners' schedule coming into last year. It's not like they faced anybody. I think the Giants, the Seattle twice, Arizona a couple times. It's it's like, seriously, that that's what oh, it was last seven games. Like, did you see who they played? You know, now they did play the Cowboys and they only put up 19 points. It was enough to win the game, but it's like you put up 19 points, pal. Uh, Purdy's got a lot to prove that. I just, I, I find a couple things just mind blowing. You know, I, I'm actually 
almost proud of John Lynch and Shanahan to finally give up on Lance, and they're probably going to owe him some more money from rookie guarantees and being yeah. such a high pick. But I also just kind of think they weren't aggressive enough to get another quarterback. I don't know why they hated Jimmy G so much. I don't think Jimmy G is that great, but in the right system, he can be pretty good. What what happened there, guys? It's like you got to pay a quarterback a little bit. And, you know, there's a few other guys that they could have made a an effort to get in the offseason. Now, I know that Derek Carr is not exactly the greatest quarterback, but somebody feels like they can start him, and that's the Saints. You know, I, I would, I, would I take Derek Carr over Purdy right now? I, I'd have to say yes. I haven't seen enough from Purdy, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you, you, the good points that you make, and that's kind of the knocks. Is like the, it, was, it was an easy schedule. It was a really good team around him, but just it'll be interesting to see what uh, we do with a full preseason to prepare with you know that coaching staff and you know all the pieces he still has around him. If they can just well, we can make this work. We can we can turn this this into a successful team regardless of who's at quarterback. And you know, the, I think the biggest dog on Shannon over that whole stretch and you know his record isn't that great if you look at it. They've made the playoffs a bunch. They made the Super Bowl, but they've had some bad years. And a lot of this, they've had really, really tough injury luck. Huge, you know, seasons where there's been three, four different cluster injuries. So it's always hard for me to figure out the Niners. I think I str- honestly I struggle with that whole division. I think that uh, that entire division is my bugaboo. I guess I, I can tell you that the Cardinals are going to be bad. Like I got, I got one opinion on the breaking news. I, 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 uh, yeah. I, I agree. It's um, I didn't take any totals on the Niners or futures and a team without a quarterback, you know, they, they have had bad injuries, but I mean, now that they lost, was it Williams on their offensive line? Their offensive line kind of took a hit in the off season here a little bit. I'm concerned for the Niners, but that kind of leads me into my next question for you. Um, now that we've kind of went through our preseason analysis, we literally had all summer to do it. Um, give me a team that the market is right or wrong on possibly coming in. Cause you know, that's what we care about is the, the aspect against the spread. I mean, where do you think maybe there's a team will the market likes too high compared to what you think or, or too low. Yeah, it's, it's tough in general. Like it, it depends how you look at that problem. If you're just looking at the, you know, the, the, the prices on the, you know, the individual games, or if you want to look into the futures markets, I did look into the futures markets a little yesterday and a couple things stuck out. One that stuck out and got it. I'm just going to keep dogging on your, your poor bears, but <laughs> the Packers NFC price is the same as the bears. And that just, that doesn't make sense to me considering, you know, uh, we talked about this just now with, you know, uh, with Brock Purdy, like, you got to see something for an extended period of time to believe in it. And <coughs> I, depending, you know, how you feel about how much Aaron Rodgers was carrying things, I think LaFleur is a good coach. I think they have things semi figured out. They got Rashawn Gary back on the field. The defense could be decent. And just like, I, I think what we saw from the young receivers and all the pieces they put together, it's a good enough offense to like win a couple of playoff games, even with a very inexperienced quarterback. Like they have a lot higher upside than some of the other teams up there in green Bay. than you know, some of the other teams in that, in that range, because it's still, I, I like what the bears are doing, but there was just, it's, you know, it's one of those where it's, it's so much of a rebuild for some of these teams. It's sometimes it takes a couple years and when, you know, you basically didn't add any of the right pieces last year and you start to do it finally this year, it's, it, I think they're probably still a year away. I mean, 
it's not they're not that far above like the Panthers and stuff. So I think the numbers on the Packers are a little long. You know, I, maybe the market's fine with them as far as a, a rating, as far as week one where they should be rated, you know, against the spread, but kind of in a, a long tail, high end. What's their ceiling? Their ceiling is probably doing pretty well with a, an experienced head coach, and it, it, it basically like if their defense is middle of the pack, I don't care. Like defenses don't win championships. It's just not how the not how the league any works anymore. You you just can't be horrible on defense. Basically, what you need to do and put together a good offense. They've got three young receivers that I like. They got a tight end that I've fallen in love with at this point. And love has kind of passed the smell test so far in preseason. This is gonna he's just gonna fall on his face. And I'm gonna, <laughs> Ooh, Musgrave, look silly, but I mean, just yeah. Oh yeah, I, I love Musgrave. Actually, I like both tight ends they drafted, but just some some of the stuff from him, uh, some of the college clips I was watching preseason and over the summer. Like he's just it's it's the Kelsey body. He has like the exact same size. He missed some time due to injury, and uh, you know some of these guys. Depending on where you go to school, if you don't get all the the, the hype in the SEC TV time, I don't know if you get. And then you add the injury on top of it. Sometimes I think you get lost in the wash a little. But I think Musgrave might be the best rookie tight end, and that's saying so because I well, like Dalton Kincaid's there loves, with the Bills. Everyone but... loves Kincaid. Everyone yeah. loves you know. Everyone loves what the there's a bunch of young tight ends. Everyone well, Mayor for the extremely yeah. enamored with and Detroit as well. But yeah, I like Musgrave. I like the receivers, and I just I, in a, in an easier, uh, weaker NFC. I think the the Packers numbers are a little long right now. You know, I I don't disagree with that, and I'm I'm I was reluctant. I didn't make a play, but I, the only way I would go is the Packers plus three against the Bears week one. And I, if you think about it, the Packers are so green on defense, or the Bears are so green on defense that the Packers all they need to do is really run the ball. I mean, that's all they need to do. They have two great running backs in Aaron Jones. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even mention them. Great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of this given. That's oh, it's just there. We have two pretty good yeah. running backs. And the best friend to a good, you know, young quarterback is a good tight end. So if you're right on that, I mean, that's a great target for Jordan Love for uh, either one. You know, for Luke Musgrave or Tucker Craft or or whoever else he's throwing to. And it's not like his receivers are small because Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are two. They're tall guys. You know. Man, yeah, I, I I hate to uh, hate my bears either, but man, I'm not ready to jump on their bandwagon. I think there's a lot to learn, and now that their offensive line is in shambles right now, it's I'd be very cautious with the Bears uh, the first two or three weeks until you start seeing something. The only way they can get bailed out is I think in a, by Fields if he makes some miraculous move up in completion, which that doesn't happen too often. Or his just wheels are just so amazing. He's running for 150 to 200 yards. You know, I, I, that's the only way I could see them here. This could be a play for me. And, um, you know, I'm guessing it's going to hit two and a half if uh, sharp guys like you keep talking about it. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I know. I, I looked a little at that week one, too. And it, it's just kind of been every day these updates on the Bears offensive line. And you got to remi- remind yourself, like, there's a full two weeks yet, you know. There's a lot of time to get some of these guys healthy, but if that stuff drags itself into the season, I'm going to be personally annoyed. I won't have any like bears. You know, I don't have bears fandom or futures. I just would like to see if Justin Fields is good or not. And it's impossible to evaluate when, you know, we don't have the offensive line and we haven't had the, you know, the skill position weapons on the outside. And I get, you know, we're starting to get there, but it's going to be annoying if we run into another year where it's like, man, do we really know if Fields is good or not? It was hard to 
tell. It was playing with backup offensive linemen, and maybe you know you, you lose one of these receivers for any spell of time. It's going to just right back at square one in year three. Well, let's pivot to a team that I think I, I haven't really been convinced by much in the preseason so far because my thoughts have kind of – there's nothing that jarred me to move a power rating really either. But if there is one that would – it's it might be Carolina worse, making them worse. Um, I, it's not like I knew a lot about Bryce Young being. He, I knew Alabama number one pick, you know, stud when it comes to playing with five star players. But man, he didn't look so good at Carolina so far. And maybe it's because you know practices are less than they used to be with the players. You know, obviously putting in their uh, complaints over the years, and and then the. the the them adjusting the NFL adjusting giving them less practices I, I don't know if that plays into it but I would expect when I'm seeing Bryce Young play a large portion of this game for them to do something but he he didn't and uh as a matter of fact they didn't score until the last like third probably fourth quarter of that last preseason game and, I, and Bryce Young wasn't even the guy in there so I'm concerned for them and it's I, I don't know it, it, it's it's not like making me completely in fade mode yet but i'm sure it, I, it would certainly talk me off of backing them a little bit more into week one andy so I, I just i don't move a lot from preseason but if there was one team that is concerning to me besides the bears like you already mentioned it'd be the, it'd be the panthers yeah my my only trepidation on them is just some unknowns in the coaching you got to i think everyone likes what they did with the defensive coaching hire but uh is it Thomas? It just has such an innocuous name, Thomas Brown. Uh, like I can't. Even, it's just like such, such a plain name. Came over from the Rams, and they're not. They're not one hundred percent sure what they're doing with the play calling right now. Like they, mm-hmm. they're going to turn it over to if Rex going to turn it over to him, but he's kind of been waffling on when. So I'm. I'm a little worried about. Yeah, I'm. I'm worried about what's going to happen with this offense when what we've like just what you said. What we've seen so far is like. Man, if if this quarterback isn't quite ready, and this offense that we're putting together is kind of in flux on who's doing what and the game plan, this is we don't have solid plans on what the what this year is going to look like. It could be could be a long season down there. They're in an easy division, so I think they get a little boost. But at the same time, that they you know there's some there's some definite holes in the roster, and if you don't see an immediate kind of I don't know, growth from your quarterback, your young quarterback. It's it's going to be tough sledding there for for anybody. It doesn't matter what division you're in. I I think that's a blanketed statement against all the young quarterbacks. To be honest with you, none of them impressed yeah. me so far. Stroud looks terrible so far. I mean, the backups are looking better than them. You know, it's just the way it is. And we haven't seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers, obviously, on a new team yet. Uh, Russell Wilson hasn't even looked at that great with a new coach. So all these new quarterbacks and new coach pairings is something that I don't want to back early. So I'm going to keep that in mind kind of coming into week one, even though I'm a tread lightly. But uh, let's move on to some fun stuff then. And let's talk a little futures, my man. Um, I uh, always enjoy listening to you guys talk futures. It's fun, you know, because you're kind of like me. It's like I don't have no problem putting some pizza money on stuff. You know, it's fun. That's what we're here for. It's it's, it's the passion, you know, of, of hitting something like that because you're kind of right about something you might have saw maybe more than the market or somebody else. So it's really fun for me to discuss it. But this, let's start right with the Super Bowl. Um, Kansas City is obviously the favorite. And I'll share my screen here so uh, anybody could see that and you can see it. 
Uh, I'm sure you have them all memorized by now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at this a lot. It's it's, it's well, and it's fun too because it's there hasn't been a ton of movement you know, over the once we get this set in place. Yeah, not a ton. No, and you got your Chiefs and your Eagles uh, up top where they've been, and the Bills and Niners sitting there in the second. And the Bengals might have fell a little bit now, but um, they're up there too with the Cowboys. And uh, no secrets here. Lots of hype on the Jets. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't made a play yet for the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think I want to. I, I could. I just see these prices as, you know, no, there's nothing glaring to me. I, th- I I feel like the order is almost correct. Maybe I flip the Bills with the Niners or something. Maybe I, maybe I flip the Bills down below the Bengals. But so what? From plus 900 to plus 1,100, it's not nothing that I jump at. I'd probably move the Jets down a little bit here. Um, and, and then the rest of it, you know, maybe Seattle up a little bit, not much. But I, I, I agree with the majority of it, Andy. Yeah, nothing, nothing jarring. Maybe kind of back to my early point, like the Packers being that big of a number feels a little silly considering where they're at, who they're sitting with. Like the the Patriots are the same price. The Vikings are thirty-five to one. That's quite a bit lower. But the only, the only real qualm I have, and maybe it's a little more apparent if you look at the AFC prices and how lumped together they are. But uh, you know, maybe maybe the AFC East teams are getting a little too much love, just because it is a tough AFC. There's a lot of good teams, and, and you, know, you have like three AFC East teams in the top. I think top uh, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ravens. It's, it's Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Jets, Dolphins. Those are your top six. Three of those are from the same division. Like it's uh, you know. You can't all win the division. Winning the one seed is difficult as it is, especially with a team like Kansas City. So, like, there's a there's a lot of road games involved for two out of three of those. Maybe all three teams, you know, end up playing, uh, having to play a, a road game or two or three to make it that far to win the AFC. It just uh, it doesn't jive with me as far as having them all bunched together like that. I would probably, and I'd like the Dolphins. I respect what they did when Tua was healthy. He was incredibly efficient. I think they're probably a little underrated. I I might flip the Jets and the Dolphins if I was, uh, you know, making book here, but I'd probably lower them all in general and have to jack up like the Chargers, Browns, Jaguar, Jags, Jags, Browns, Chargers, that kind of chunk there. So a little disagreement. Otherwise, yeah, I'd like that the order doesn't seem too far off it's one of those markets that's been up since february it's going to find its level and i just don't trust to his health you know and he it, it's high floor uh or sorry high ceiling probably a lower floor with two gets hurt you know that in that division anyway so it's just it's just interesting to me but what about the conference um do you have any plays or thoughts on the conference itself maybe a little bit easier of a bet you don't have to sweat two weeks out on your super bowl play you just finish it out in the conference This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. 
Yeah, like I, if I could find some some decent prices, like I've, I've talked about this a little bit. I I do like the Browns upside. It's it's a weird rebuild, <laughs> not rebuild, but you know, they, I'm saying they didn't have the quarterback. They had a lot of the pieces around it. They have a a very good defense. They have the skill position players, both on the outside and in the backfield, and it just kind of comes down to like the floor and the ceiling all depends on one player really. And yeah. that's, it's probably a pretty high floor. And, you know, like my, my biggest worry with, like I said, I, I'd consider the Packers at 30 to one to win the NFC. The, the concern is you have, uh, even if they win the division, it's really hard for me to picture green Bay being so good that they're, you know, ahead of the Niners, ahead of the Eagles, ahead of the Cowboys. You know, just a one seed would be a really big reach for them. They're going to play some road games, and you have an inexperienced quarterback in Jordan Love playing road games in the playoffs. Like, that's that's the tough part. Whereas, like, you know, Watson's played some playoff games. Watson's been around. I don't hate this coaching staff. It's kind of a, it's kind of in that in that second tier is where I'm looking there. And Brown's at 18 to 20. I like that a little bit. And honestly, the Broncos, that's another one that's – it's 30 to one. And it's, it's another thing too, where you, you get to the playoffs and let's just be realistic and say they're a wild card. Let's not say they, you know, something silly, like they pass up the chiefs, which yeah. isn't out of the realm of possibilities. Anything can happen. Injuries happen all the time, but even having to play some road games, you have an incredibly experienced head coach. You have an incredibly experienced quarterback who's both of one Super Bowls played in, I mean, I, I can't imagine how many playoff games they have in between them. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, in dozens. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be worried about them having to go and play road playoff games on that straight. Like uh, maybe a little bigger number considering uh, the top end competition. But if you can find a big number on the Broncos, I'm kind of, I'm kind of starting to fall fall for the Broncos now. Where it's like uh, you know, I, I said I don't need a great defense, but man, so even if theirs falls off a little. It's still good. It's a good defense, and there's just there's enough skill position players that it's almost it's the same. It's the Watson argument. It's the same damn thing. Where it's like, hey, if if this coach can get the high end play we saw five years ago out of this quarterback who still has you know a lot of miles on, on him, then this is a good team. Like it, it just automatically becomes a good team. And I do like I like Peyton. I liked his progression throughout the years too. Um, he did become more aggressive as his career went on. If you look at some of those, like football outsiders has their aggression indexes. He actually, like, I think it was, they did a baseline. Like he had to coach for so long. So you couldn't have these one-offs, but right. I think it was guys that coached at least two, three, four years. And they, they went back all the way into their database in the eighties and looked at like aggressiveness indexes. And Sean Payton was top 10, like overall for all the coaches. Like he, he definitely has become, you know, we didn't see him for a year or two here, but he has become a little more uh, in tune with the aggressive nature on fourth down calls and some of the in-game stuff, which, you know, outside of Russell Wilson last year, the biggest problem was the, the in-game stuff was, uh, you know, Hackett just making a mess of these end-of-game situations or even the middle of the game. There was all kinds of, you know, honest lunacy <laughs> that was coming out of the coaching decisions there. So I feel like the, the stability that you have there and what what's on that roster, they have a good shot to have a high ceiling. Yeah, I, I mean, I see that. It's funny. You picked the Browns, which I like the upside of the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, more than Russell Wilson. But the coach, I take the Denver side. You know, it's like which side can yeah. kind of gel together. It's, it's interesting because I don't like Stefanski personally, but – 
Um, I see what you're saying. One thing I do think is that the Saints at 12 to one and for to win the conferences, they're kind of being priced based on their schedule. And almost like if Sean Payton's there, uh, I, I don't. I'm not high in the Saints. I, I think this could be a team coming in a little bit overrated. But what I did, I did make a play that actually Drew kind of turned me on to back in the summer, and I do like the Jaguars' chances a little bit now. I feel like the sharper people are jumping just from the people we know. Are a lot of people are jumping on the Titans side, especially after getting Hopkins and stuff like that. But I, I just think Doug Peterson is an underrated coach, and he seems to. Uh, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, and you got Trevor Lawrence. That just seems like the kind of kid that every dad wants. You know, what I mean, just uh, football hard, nice to the media, uh, respectable kind of kid. And uh, they did have some fortunate things happen after some misfortunate things happened last year. And the, the they they won their division last year. And um, I just feel like that division could give you. Look at how bad the Texans is. I think the Colts are you know not far behind them. Uh, I, I think that could be an easy division to win. Now, the problem with Jacksonville is they do get the first-place schedule, getting you Bengals and Chiefs and stuff like that. But um, if Drew's argument, like he said, you know, just having the easier schedule based upon the division might just kind of catapult them into the one spot in the AFC where you have a hangover with the Chiefs. You have uh, the Bengals, who has some issues now right now. You have the Bills, who lost some pieces and people are starting to figure them out. I, I almost think that maybe they have the easiest path, and that way you can hedge out of it when come the AFC Championship game. What, how many games is that? Right, one game you got to play if you get the bye. You got to play one game, and then you're in the AFC Championship game. So I took them at the sixteen or eighteen to one for what, what what it was. It's down to fourteen to one. But I agree with you. Yeah, I was going to say some money came in on that. I know I, I wanted to look at them and find like an entry point early in the season. Season, but they have such a weird roller coaster of a of a schedule. Where it's like, oh, here's a here's a really easy team. Oh, here's the Chiefs. Here's another easy team, and then oh, here's the Bills, and then a couple one. Oh, here's the Niners. You know, that, there's there's not like this nice soft stretch for them. It's kind of a goofy schedule, but yeah, I like that. I like the you know just speaking of that aggressiveness index. That's I mean, Doug Peterson's always high on that. He's a, a forward thinking coach. There's some some people made some cases against it saying like, Hey, you know, the, they took a big leap forward and it still wasn't quite there. And some of that is just, you know, you, you hit your head on the ceiling and you look through that and you got the chiefs and the bills still, and there's just some really, really good teams. Like you could reach your potential and still just like, ah, this is still like the fourth best team in the AFC, but I'm, I'm interested to see what we do with another year with Peterson and, and Lawrence together. If we can take that one, like, little extra step where it's like hey we have a top five because that's what it's going to take like to win in the afc it's like we have a top five quarterback now he's he's corrected the little things the reads are all there the pre-snap stuff is perfect like he's matured into you know a true like field general or whatever cliche you want to use yeah that makes sense uh and peterson um only way up with a good quarterback uh yeah you're right you can make an argument just like you said with uh the NFC side, the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys, it's hard to get past that block and it's hard to get past the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills. And you can even throw the Chargers in there if they get their heads out of their asses. Anything can happen with them as well. No, no, good stuff. Let's move on to some awards then. And this is always fun because it's all speculative. Um, a lot of these are voted on by the media, which I had a beef with last year, and I'll get into that later. 
<laughs> but we'll start with MVP, and no surprise, the favorite Mahomes should be the favorite. He's plus six hundred. He's six to one, and you got Joe Burrow there at seven point five to one. Josh Allen eight point five to one. Jalen Hurts eleven to one. Herbert twelve to one. Jackson fifteen to one. Uh, Jackson's moved down a little bit. Looks like money came on him a little bit. And then you got your you know Lawrence's and Rogers and Fields and Tua's and uh, you know this. I think the order is pretty close to correct, but um, I did put a little bit of money on one, and I want to see if I match up. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, there was honestly, you know, the narrative of the, the voters want to reward the good teams, and uh, you know, they didn't reward the Eagles last year with any award. So I, I thought I wanted to get some some Jalen Hurts. Drew kind of talked me out of it, uh, talked me more into Jalen Hurts' Offensive Player of the Year, which. I did end up taking a little on that, but yeah, the 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 same thing with Lamar. Like I went looking for Lamar, hoping for a better price, and that has gotten beat down. I think some of that is probably you know, the, they got some receivers, they got thing, things seem to be copacetic there between him and ownership. And the you know, Zay Flowers looks good. Like this might be the, you know another fun offense that we saw a couple of years ago. But you know, just lo- looking at the current numbers. It's tough to go, you know, too far down on this. It just it doesn't seem like you end up with that many long shots. Obviously, the the Lamar Jackson thing, we just never saw it coming. I I struggle to to bet in, you know, into a whole lot of these because the prices just aren't big enough. Like same, I can see the Cowboys blossoming. That's they just have so many good pieces on that roster. That offense is good. If Dak's healthy, he can have a heck of a year. It's just. At 22, it's probably not a big enough number for me because, you know, just looking at those top three, mm-hmm. you have to have such an amazing year, both from a standpoint of individual counting stats and team success to, you know, dissuade the voters from voting for Mahomes or Burrow or Josh Allen or probably Jalen Hurts at this point. So it's hard for me to really like too much in this market at all. I, I've, I've steered pretty clear of this so far. I'm, I think I'm going to be adding some stuff in season, depending on kind of the 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 flow. I'd be interested to hear you who you'd taken so far. Well, in this one's a small play, but it's, I, I decided to go with Joe Burrow, and I, I, I and I, I feel like so like public on this. Well, no, I think that's kind of where I was at. It's like it's got well, yeah, one of the top three guys. Like, yeah, you look at those prices and they're not. It's not a hundred to one, so it's not exciting. But yeah, go give me a go give me an eight to one baseball winner today. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, it's, it's you know it's still a decent it's still a decent hit if it catches. Yeah, and, and you know maybe the injury in the beginning here kind of even props him up a little bit more in the minds of people for MVP. You know, I, he's really accomplished so much so far, and he's got the playmakers to help him elevate. You know how good Jamar Chase is. I think Jamar Chase is just as good as Jefferson. As a matter of fact, Chase was the higher rated guy coming off the draft, both playing for LSU. And, you know, Joe Burrow, he's extremely accurate. He's played under bad offensive lines already and and shown what he's had. I think in that division, he's going to have to score points. You know, it's kind of one of those situations where he's going to have some numbers because of it. And obviously it's getting through the grind of it and uh, hopefully he stays healthy. And that's the biggest worry for any of these plays. So I don't advise people to take any, you know, I think the numbers aren't that great, but you know, it's like we said before, I, I have a strong feeling for Joe Burrow. And uh, I just think Mahomes, even though he's the best quarterback right now, 
I, I think that it's just a after Super Bowl year where he doesn't have to do a lot. Maybe he slides into the playoffs with ten or eleven wins, and and then he works his magic because it's almost like with the, with with the NFL adding schedules and stuff like that. It, it almost feels like it turns a little bit NBA ish, where it's like just get through the regular season, get through, get enough to get in the playoffs, then you know put your foot down. I almost feel like they're. I'm not, I'm not saying it's as bad as basketball because obviously home field and football with one game is a lot bigger than seven in basketball, but um, it just kind of feels like that hangover year. So I, I, I took a shot and uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun to watch though, Andy. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's one of those like you you're kind of, I mean, how, how good do you think the Bengals can be during this season with the schedule? It's like, if you're betting Burrow, you're, you're kind of just betting them to get the one seed. Yeah. yeah. And like, he said, if there is a case of, hey, we're the Chiefs, we want to repeat, we we don't have to show everything all season. We got to get to the playoffs healthy. We got to get back. We can win. We can beat any of these top teams. We know we can. Um, being at home would be great. But man, if, if the Bengals end up straight, I think really, I think they were going to win that game. The the Demar Hamlin. They were going to win. I I was on. I was on. They looked. I get it. It was a few minutes action, but they looked sharp. And I was on the Bengals, but they would have had the one seed. I think that they would have had the one seed. Get the one seed. Yeah, I, I, hundred percent agree with you. I I was on the Bengals. I had though. They would have had the one seed, and that hurt them a little bit. And obviously, that horrible person. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like they are good enough to get the one seed in the AFC. If they get the one seed, and he has five thousand yards, thirty-five touchdowns, he's getting some first place votes. I think he's yeah he was right there last year. Just I think uh, you know what, what Mahomes did late in the season and the fact that it was it was kind of hurts award that he took a couple weeks off and we end up just giving it to Mahomes because he just does Mahomes stuff. So I, I like that. If my Jacksonville bet doesn't work out and the Bengals are the one seed, so be it. I maybe I'll hit the Joe Burrow side of it. So it's almost yeah. almost a little bit of a slight diversification. Of course, both can fail easily, so we don't need to go into like be that being a positive EV situation or anything like that. It's probably impossible to calculate that anyway. Let's move on to Offense Player of the Year. I thought you might have touched on this a little bit. Uh, what do you like for that? I mean, you have Jamar Chase there, which kind of matches up with uh, Joe Burrow. Justin Jefferson, who had the just a career year last year, is that repeatable? CMC with the Niners now, maybe he's going to be the only target that <laughs> that can, you know, besides Kittle, I guess, that really can go downfield. Um, it just depends on the quarterback. Nick Chubb, uh, I don't like Nick Chubb there, but Justin Fields, Tyreek Hill, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's hard to give this to a running back anymore. Like McCaffrey would just there, there's a lot. You know, it's kind of a tired cliche with some of these teams that have a lot of good players because I mean everybody contributes, but there's a lot of mouths to feed. It's hard for him to you know really set himself apart with with some of these uh, counting stats. I like. I think I might be just burnt on some of this Miami stuff. <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew talked me into the jail. Like I said, Drew talked me into the Jalen Hurts bet. The the number is just a little big. He got an even bigger number. Like he's capable of getting close to like the Lamar MVP season numbers because it's a good offense. It's a good, you know, a, a good play. Just kind of a good a good scheme for him. I know they lost their offensive coordinator, but if if we can continue. You know, his growth, his progression, like he's kind of in this conversation. He's probably in both conversations again. But yeah, that Tyree Kill number being twenty when the other wide the other good wide receivers are like eleven and thirteen. 
team. Like it was one of those things where like, Tyreek Hill, if Tua stays healthy all year, probably has better numbers than Way better yeah. than Justin Jefferson. He was like, already he, he, was, he was already a big leader last year. Without he uh, was putting up just sick numbers like yeah. in that offense. If if this jujitsu shit works, I guess Tua Tua doesn't get hurt this year. Like I Tyreek could have. You know, can have the two, we have seventeen games. He could have the two thousand yard season. He could have like one, you know, one of those things. Like if a wide receiver does a two thousander, like the guy just gets the award, right? Like you just give it to him because it's a, it's one of those things. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those uh, amazing uh, arbitrary numbers in our base ten counting system that pops eyes, and we're like, oh, we got to give this guy an award. So I think t- Tyreek at twenty and. uh uh, Jalen Hurts a little further down at 30 or some like looks I like. I didn't dig too much into Tua. Was he trained by an eagle fighting with Habib? Is is, is that the, the jiu-jitsu he learned? The or the Russian they, the Russian just, side of it? He taught him how to fall, apparently. <laughs> that was the you learn you learn how to fall and not get hurt, which is I'm not sure what you're doing as a kid, but you do not fall on your head, buddy. You don't do it. Yeah, it's like just, just yeah. Learn, learn how to not smack your head that hard on the. Oh man, I still remember that last hit. Oh, I know. Well, you know, it's like I I just almost feel like he's so prone to it now. But that's I think that's baked into the price is him being hurt again, really, of Tyree Kill, and that's kind of reason I kind of went the under with the Dolphins myself. But it's just like like I said, high floor, low ceiling. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting situation. It, it would suck to like have your MVP wrong and get this one right and flip flop it. Like, let's just say yeah. Joe Burrow's the offensive player of the year, and then the other guy I pick is, uh, you know, MVP. <laughs> I'm like, geez, seriously? Uh, probably go with two quarterbacks uh, on that situation, but that's all I have. I guess I'll lean to Christian McCaffrey a little bit just because I think he's like going to be used so much with the Niners, especially with a bad quarterback. He's just going to get the dump offs and they're going to be afraid to throw it downfield at some point, maybe. So, um, and Purdy can throw it to him. So I'll lean towards that, even though I do get what you say. Uh, running backs are kind of falling off as of late. Let's move to defensive player of the year, my friend. And we have Micah Parsons at plus 500, Miles Garrett at plus 800, TJ Watt at plus 850, Nick Bosa plus 1200. Ahmad Gardner sauce at fifteen to one. Who did did he win that last year or defensive rookie of the year? I think he won defensive rookie of the year. Just de- defensive rookie. Nick Nick okay. Bosa was your your uh, okay. defensive player of the year. Okay, then it kind of gets down to Max Crosby and it goes down a little bit from there. So I'll go into what I did. I threw a little bit on T.J. Watt and healthiness with the Watts is always a big question. Um, he did hurt his pack last year, and I thought his season was over, but thank goodness he can come back. But I like this, what the Steelers are doing on defense, and I'm going to do the Steelers with two different angles here. I think with T.J. Watt, he's going to have his uh, options in these games where they're going to be throwing at the end. You know, he can get to the quarterback and make some big plays. You know, I don't see uh, the Bengals just their run game completely succeeding. Uh, Lamar Jackson talking like he's going to throw through 6,000 yards. I mean, yeah. you see them go, go downfield like uh, on third and five where they had the game in hand in the preseason game and just like you're maybe you're serious. Are you guys really going to be throwing this much? I, it blew my mind that they did that and would would have been four down territory if they got it three or four yards. But um, I just – I think that Watt is going to have enough plays to get the sacks this year. I think he could be your sacks leader and uh, – make defensive player of the year if he remains healthy. So that's my thoughts. 8.5 to one, one of the favorites. 
Yeah, it's hard to go too far down, too, because you're kind of predicting, like, hey, which defensive, you know, backfield player will have a bunch of interceptions are a skill, but it's still they still got to throw at you. Right. And sometimes these best, you know, the best corners don't get thrown at enough to get those eye popping interception stats or something along those lines. I do have a little Parsons at six and a half. That number's down. It's one of those, another one that. I was uh, kind of waffling on. Drew talked me into it. He he does love his defensive player of the year. Def- we ever since we hit the <laughs> we hit we hit Chase pretty hard when for defensive rookie the one year. And it's it's been one of those where he kind of stayed at the top of the board. He hasn't won it. I mean, when you start naming the top defenders in the league, his name is going to be there. And it just it's a guy who hasn't gotten it yet. That said, this is not an award that they've been afraid to give to the same guy over and over, especially the last decade. Like JJ Watt won it three out of four years. Aaron Donald won it three out of four years. Like just because TJ Watt won it two years ago, doesn't mean he can't get it again. You know, they, they definitely will just give it to, you know, somebody who's recognized as a, you know, it it has to be a good defense and he has to be an absolute presence on that defense. So I don't hate the Watt play. Like he just, he probably would have been up there. He, you know, played the whole time. It was, it was another one of those purdy things where uh, I saw stats like, oh, they were eight and two when he played. It's like, wow, he missed all the good quarterbacks too, kind of. Right. But it wasn't like he was bad in those ten games. Like he was definitely very good. He's still one of your, you know, probably your top three defenders in the entire league. So deserving of that price for sure. Oh, totally. As we and you are on two or three favorites, you have some good line value on yours. I guess if I was going to look with anything, I would, I, I would look at Chase Young. It's interesting with him that he he didn't get picked up for his fifth year. You know, they didn't pick him up, and so that almost kind of puts him in a contract year in a way. And he's fifty to one. You know, it's like you know, the Redskins are they going to face a lot of passing in the fourth quarter? Probably not, and that's what you're really up against, Andy. It's like. They should be down unless something happens. I'm actually a little higher than the market on the Washington Commanders anyway than than the market itself. Not saying like from a perspective that they're going to be winning a lot of games, but from a perspective that they might be covering more games than people think. But um, Chase Young's just interesting at 50 to one. My my play is T.J. Watt, and uh, would really suck if I'm right about Chase Watt and I don't have a play on it. So uh, we'll we'll have to revisit that. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year. So this is interesting. B. John Robinson here is the leader, and he's at two point seven five to one. Man, that is a that's a reach right yeah. there. And what they look at is the number one rushing offense combined with the best rookie running back. Right, and there you go, two point seven five to one. I wouldn't bet it, but Bryce Young is at plus five hundred, which seems to make sense in a way. I don't like how they started as you know Anthony Richardson six to one CJ Stroud eight point five to one then you go to some running backs Jameer Gibbs at uh one thousand to or sorry one one ten to one plus one thousand Jordan Addison seventeen to one Zay Flowers which is interesting at eighteen to one Jackson Smith and the Jigba who just hurt his wrist he's probably missing two weeks the way I think but twenty to one with Jackson um I'm I'm just gonna say that I am not betting Smith and the Jigba just because I've seen him on the Big Ten, and he's injured all the time. And all of a sudden, it happened again. Some guys just have that injury-prone luck, and maybe Jackson Smith and the Jigba is a guy that's not going to be playing the whole season. And um, 
it, it could filter into the season as well. So he's not one that I like. D- did you take any uh, deep offensive rookie of the years? Oh, I mean, this is one I got probably too involved with in years past where it's like, oh, here's a rookie wide receiver who's, you know, like a lot of people got on dubs at, you know, 100 to 1 and stuff early in the preseason last year. And I had a few of those. I had, you know, I didn't have any luck with uh, with those prices, obviously, uh, with the wide receivers. But I, I think this is another one where it's a wait and see kind of market for me because it's like, yeah, it's it's probably – the top four like you what are the odds that all three of these quarterbacks are just un unusable like for these teams you know the it feels like there's just when you have three quarterbacks that are probably all starting week one they're probably going to get 17 starts it doesn't even take a winning record i mean it, it just takes hey you're good you look like the future you make a few highlight plays the team wins a few games you put up enough stats like even uh, herbert's herbert i mean herbert's numbers were outstanding you probably won't see numbers like that from very many rookies but a team didn't win all that many games it, it, it just comes down to kind of the perception and it's so easy to sell yourself on one of these quarterbacks for the media all it takes is you know a few good games so it's it's kind of going to be a waiting game for me, and if if one of these quarterbacks has a really nice week one, I might sneak in on the other two. Yeah, and sure, or, or see where see where the Bajan price is, see what his you know understand his number is just ridiculous. Depending on what his usage is, you know there there's uh, a lot of good players down there that. Uh, and we're not super sure on what we have at the quarterback position as well. So, and you know, like all the wide receivers, I like just aren't quite long enough. Addison. You know, it's easy to like him, but there's a lot of targets that are obviously going Jefferson's way. Say Flowers is probably a little short, all things considered, despite how, you know, he he looks very shifty. Um, And then, yeah, you have guys that are hurt, like uh, Shane and uh, JSN. I I think he might be missing more time than even you said. Like, he has a broken bone. Yeah, it's it's on his hand. The the hand is what you use to catch the ball, and catching the ball is his job. So, like it does worry me that he's going to miss even more time. Um, Hyatt probably isn't in the kind of offense where he's going to get super high usage compared to what they want to do. And like, and then you start looking like, what are the odds we're giving this to a tight end? I know the tight end mm-hmm. position has changed a lot since like the you know the not mid nineties when I started watching football, but. But like Dalton Kincaid at forty to one, it just feels like burning money. As much as I love the guy, like we're not we're not giving a tight end this uh, award over Bijan and three quarterbacks. So it's going to be a wait and see for me. It's all over the place for me, and I do remember that Purdy made a pretty good case for it last year, playing what six seven games when he came in. Yeah, and that makes me almost think like, wow, Jimmy Garoppolo. I liked him with a great coach, but I'm not sure McDaniels is a great coach. And I think that there's a chance he could lose his job to a kid that's looking really good in the preseason, Aiden O'Connell. And if that happens, of course, it all sets itself up. Now, that's you have to understand the Raiders are still bad, but the Raiders are going to be throwing a lot. And all of their games are probably going to be stuck throwing the ball. I mean, they would love to you know, run the ball as much as possible with that stud running back over there. But the problem is, let's face it, they're going against the Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos team. It's, uh, you know, maybe O'Connell does get the starting position. Um, he's just been cr- – the Raiders look – like, and it's so funny. You don't take that from much from the preseason, but at least you see the kid perform. 
And if he could start, well, he, he looks he looks good. Yeah, hundred to one. It's a hundred to one through few few bucks is what I'm thinking. Hundred to one. I didn't even I, I wasn't even that big on him at Purdue, but I'll tell you this: under Jeff Brom, he certainly threw the ball a ton, and uh, maybe that's kind of prepared him a little bit and get in. You can do a lot worse. I mean, let's name name the other rookie the other rookie quarterbacks. C.J. Like, Stroud eight to uh, one. Bryce Young five. Well, I mean, just C.J. Stroud is like who's your who's your wide receiver one down there? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mess. Like yeah, they, it's they're a total they're, mess. I'm trying to. Richardson, I, yeah, Richardson's got Pittman, but he's very raw, and I don't know if we're going to see a, a, an explosive passing game. Bryce Young, it's it's, and I, I mean the answer is none of them are Devontae Adams, right? None if of you, them. You know, if, if you if you get this kid in the game, he has the best receiving threat that uh, any of any of the rookie quarterbacks clearly. So yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of a it's you're you're, you're kind of just making a, a long shot bet in a parlay that like. Jimmy gets uh, benched or hurt, and I mean, it, it sounds like I, I was reading up on the Raiders a little today for just preseason stuff. I mean, it sounds like he's kind of locked in this two spot. I was trying to remember John, his name, Mechie, that was hurt all year from the Texans. Yeah, he was one of my uh, was one of my rookie of the year bets. He got yeah he got hurt, and then he had the illness too. But um, yeah, yeah there, there's just a a lot of twos down there, a lot Ro- of unknowns. Robert I, I Woods like Tank was Dixie. good at one time. Yeah, it's. It is a lot of unknowns, and, and it's a messy. Um, it's messy, so I, I say, why not just ha- have fun with it, take the long shot? Because it wouldn't shock me if none of these guys are up top when it all says, and, and they give it to a quarterback. You got Bijan Robinson as an offensive rookie of the year. That's beatable with a quarterback, and uh, you know, I, I, they all look like crap. So just take the better odds is almost way that I kind of look at it. All right, let's go to defensive rookie of the year then, Andy. And I'm going to let you go first. I do have a play on this, but I want to see what you have to say about the board. Will Anderson four to one, Jalen Carter seven to one, Christian Gonzalez nine point five to one, Tyree Wilson uh, ten to one. Then you get to the cornerbacks: Witherspoon's ten to one, Jack Campbell fourteen to one, Van Ness fifteen to one, Forbes twenty to one. It kind of goes down from there. Yeah, just a small bet on Lucas Van Ness. More Packers love by me, I guess. And it, it, it's just going to come down to usage, like the way they're going to run uh, this pass rush, this defensive line. He should see plenty of uh, action on the field. Will Anderson, I get it. I get the price, but uh, and I did make a case for this lesson. There's a chance that defense is okay, but it, it does help to to be on a defense that's regarded well, which I don't know if the Packers will quite get there either, but the number's at least three times as big. So I like that a little bit. Um, the Jalen Carter one is tough to, really tough to handle. I know they lost some pieces and they're backfilling, but that's just such a, a group effort. You know, when you when you talk about the Eagles and you talk about how that offense or that defense operates, like it's, I don't know if he's going to set himself apart. They're so. loaded. The de- mm-hmm. They're loaded on yeah. defense, and I was yeah, just just, their depth chart too many, yeah, too many players. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, they drafted a guy from Georgia last year. And I just went to the Seahawks, uh, and he didn't even start, and he should be a starter this year. Uh, just trying to yeah, space his name until the season starts. It is um, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is still 
He's slotted behind Jalen Carter on ESPN anyway. I think this is going to be a pure rotation, you know, and that's how they do it. And that's how you should do it because they get tired. You know, I want you to go all out for one or two plays in a row. Then I'm going to put the other guy in. He can go out for one one or two plays in a row. I like how they do that. You know, it's uh, Fletcher Cox is getting a little long in the tooth over here, though. So that's for sure. But um, my play is going to be with Porter. Joey Porter Jr. at 25 sure. to 1. And why not? Because Sauce Gardner got it last year, I guess. But I just think with that Steeler defense, I like what he's done in the preseason so far. And I like the pass rush that the Steelers have. And it's going to be a tough division. Lamar's not afraid to throw interceptions. Joe Burrow will throw a few interceptions. And so will Deshaun Watson. You know, if they're trying to win games, they're going to be in it. And Joey Porter, uh, lots of talent. And it, the blood runs from his dad, who was a great football player in the NFL himself, right? So uh, I, I do like Spoon a lot, too, for Seattle, Witherspoon, but his price is just w- way lower than Joey Porter's. So I just kind of like that distance here at 25-1 to 1 or 10-1. to 1. It, It's a massive difference, 15-1 to 1 difference. So I put a little bit on Joey Porter, Andy. Yeah, the the only one, the other one I looked at, and I'd, I'd want a little bigger price, and I need to understand a little more about the rotation and how much we're going to see him. But Will McDonald, the fourth for the Jets. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just convinced now that the Jets have figured out drafting, like they broke drafting and they figured it out because like they they picked a center. He looks good in preseason so far. The the backup backup running back that they got, uh, whose name is. Uh, is, is Israel something long name? He's he's kind of looked okay. Like every everybody they've got. Obviously, last year they had essentially three rookies of the year on their team because Brees would have won it had he not gotten hurt. So I don't know. It's just a, a case of they've they've gotten really good at talent valuation up and down the board. So I liked what I saw uh, in obviously limited time from him in the in preseason so far. But he had some he gets he gets off blocks quick. He gets off the line quick. He he had a couple of pressures. He had a quarterback hit. So I, I do like Will McDonald a little. I would I'd hunt around see if there's like a twenty five. He's kind of in that same range, the the Cancy Porter range. Okay, well, yeah, maybe Will McDonald takes care of it. I think he's from Iowa State, if I remember properly. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. He, so I'm worried he's a gambler. Everybody at those <laughs> Iowa schools is in trouble. I'm worried he's just gonna come up tomorrow. He's got like ten paperhead accounts. Yeah, you never know, but um, it's the NFL. People shine where they're not supposed to. I know he was rated pretty high, and he did. He has some good numbers, uh, you know, combine type numbers. So I, I you know, I, I like oh, what yeah. I had on that. So that's great for McDonald. He was an outside linebacker, and he can certainly rush the passer. And uh, you know, that's what you're really looking for here. So I like that. Let's move on to coach of the year, my friend. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm bitter at this one. Andy, because I had somebody last year that I thought should have won it, and they gave it to Dayball. Who, don't get me wrong, I had Dayball as number two, but I don't know where you sit on this because you know I'm talking about Doug Peterson, and I, I think I had twenty to one on him, a really nice number. And not only was his win total a hair under what the Giants was, he won his division. Now, of course, it was an easier division, but he still won his division. They looked a little bit better in the playoffs. They won their first game. Like Then they didn't get destroyed the second game against Kansas City. They were in that game until they fumbled the ball, uh, about to score a touchdown. They fumbled it. Uh, 
I, I personally thought it should have went to Doug Peterson. Um, I know he's won it in the past. I think he's won in the past. Either one. Yeah, he won coach of the year. That year he won the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I was like, I, I almost felt robbed. And I it pissed me off. And you, then you think about the New York media voting this. And they give it to the Giants guy. So I can throw all kinds of conspiracy crap at you. But uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm bitterly not betting it this year, my friend. Yeah, I know. I I wanted. Uh, I thought Sirianni should have won it for the same reasons as you. <laughs> Just I had a nice ticket on it. Um, it was the same kind of thing with the with the hurts. It's you know when they missing their quarterback played some bad football for two weeks at the end of the season. That's the worst time to be doing that for this voting sort of stuff. That's tough. I did make a case, and granted, I'm gonna have to look how long ago this was. This was a thirteen to one. I found sitting at Caesars was Aberflus. Okay. It's one of the favorites. Uh, you know, if the Broncos do anything, you know, Sean Payton's number is going to shoot way up. Obviously, if the Falcons offense work, people seem to want to give this to Arthur Smith. If the Packers go off without a hitch, I mean, like all the top names have all these cases for their numbers to come way down. Uh, you know, Mike McDaniel and, and Doug Peterson, I think, are a little long as well at 18 and 20 to 1. But Haberflus just has this huge, huge advantage to, you know, take a middling season here and turn it into something like Coach of the Year because they won three games. That's the biggest part for me. Like, that's that's the hugest part of the equation is they didn't win any games last year. So you can – it's such a stupid, lazy, easy narrative, but, like, man – they won three games. It's like, oh man, they're a nine-win team. Like they just missed the playoffs, or they just made it into the wild card. And it doesn't matter if they, you know, they go in the wild card and the Niners beat them by fifty. It's like, man, this team won three games last year, and that's it's such a it's such a big thing for Coach of the Year to have this big improvement from the year before. Like uh, Sirianni and Dable had, a, I believe, a five or six game improvement from the year before. Like. It's it's so hard. It's just so hard for some of these teams that had a fair amount of wins. So careful, uh, careful what you wish for, because uh, (laughs) Jacksonville, um, I thought in 2021, this is the case I made for them. They won three games in 2021 and and so like my and, and like everyone was agreeing with me on the show uh, you know I, I remember will hill a couple guys were like oh if the jaguars sniff the playoffs this rewards going to him i mean they went from three wins to winning their division and so now you just just totally twisted a dagger at me buddy <laughs> i know it, it, it it's tough because one we might just end up like last year where it's like hey there's three or four good candidates like Shanahan's name should have been in the mix for what he did with, you know, a a bad mix of quarterbacks. Oh, I I agree. agree. Pete Carroll was like in a down year, Pete Carroll might win this award. So I think it might be another case of just, there's a bunch of guys in the mix. And if the bears win eight, nine games on the back of a, a, a nice step forward from this offense, even if it's not that good of a team, he's going to get a lot of looks because it's like, he took this young quarterback he, he advanced some, even if a lot of it was maybe Luke Getze, it, you know, it, and this team was so bad. This was a number one pick last season, another in the playoffs. Like right. that's why the number is where it is. I don't know if I truly believe in the bears, but that's just such a, that's such an advantage to have is to win, win three games like that last year. 
Well, I'll be rooting for you, Andy. I hope you win this because I would like my Bears to possibly sniff the playoffs this year, and uh, it, it would be nice. Um, I I am not a big believer in Eberflus yet. I think the jury is completely out on him, and uh, we're just kind of hoping that Justin Fields gets this award for him because it would be him and, and the talent that they brought over on receiver and possibly linebackers, and they would need some draft picks to hit it, it, it as well. And so – Let's hope a somewhat easier schedule, you know, helps Eberflus because you do want to look at some schedules too. And when you're making this decision, but as far as what happened last year, I'm going to take one year off. Moving on to comeback player of the year, I mean, and everyone's saying this: is it not Demar Hamlin's already at minus two eighty five? Uh, number got up to minus a thousand at places, you know, and <laughs> I think that's too far. It's too far. It depends. Yeah. Minus 100 is too far. Um, what if he gets injured the first game? I mean, you're, you're almost betting right now at minus 285 that he's going to have a healthy season. We can turn his ankle. You know, I mean, it's, it's like seriously minus 285 for comeback player of the year. Um, no, thanks. Um, I, 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 I think if he plays most of the season, they'll probably give it to him because of how serious that was, or they stopped an NFL game, which they had just stopped another game in preseason, by the way. But, um, you know, if I didn't play this, I couldn't take Hamlin. Um, if I took one, it would probably be Russell Wilson at uh, 20 to 1, um, which is the third favorite. Well, second favorite because Tua and Russ are both 20 to 1. I just, Russ had such a poor year last year. Now he has a good coach and he can just kind of ride on the curtails of his defense right now. And, you know, dink and dunk a little bit, look good, take care of the ball, don't intercept it. This could be a, a, a good play here. Uh, Lamar Jackson at 25-1 to 1 comeback player of the year. I don't know about that. He, he played most of the season last year. I, maybe you can count that. But the problem is, is the definition, Randy. A lot of people say, well, comeback player of the year, if you come back from sucking, you win it. And then people say, no, you have to come back from injury. And nobody knows know, the that's, answer. That's the- uh, yeah. That was the case against Gino. It's like, what is he coming back from sucking for seven years? <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's hard because there's not a strong definition, but yeah. Yeah, Hamlin is the third safety. He's, uh, he's back up on the depth chart right now. We'll see how much playing time he gets and how much that, that fades. Um, kind of in, in the same vein, though, like I mentioned with Mechie, you know, he had the health scare, didn't play his rookie year, his you know, that's who knows who's the wide receiver one. If he has a good season down there, he's live. I don't think that number's big enough for me to tickle, but yeah, like like you said, it's it's for me, it's Russell Wilson or Brees Hall. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that there there's some lingering like voters are human and they you know, if Brees Hall has a good year, there's gonna be voters that are like, Man, I had this guy penciled in for rookie of the year. We we're gonna give this kid an award. If he goes out there, plays well this year, has a good season, the Jets are successful, he'll get votes just because it's a like it, you know, there is a little bit of a subconscious narrative that he got screwed out of a, a major award already, <laughs> you know, already only playing in the league for half a season so far. Well, he got screwed when they signed Delvin Cook. I mean, that's another yeah. issue. I mean, you're now he's gonna be sharing carries and they didn't pay Delvin for to to sit on the bench. I think it's going to be 50-50 at best for Hall there. So I'm concerned about that, and I'm sure the number adjusted when they picked him up. But I I hate the reason that Russell Wilson could win it because he sucked last year. At least 
Yeah. At least I guess he's come back from because he was good at one point, so you can say that. But with Gino, he was never good. He didn't come back. He just all of a sudden blossomed, you know, so that was weird. And then John Mechie, he was injured the first year, but he's not coming back because we don't know what he was either. So the definition is just not there. And that's what makes this such a crazy award. But when your favorite is minus 285 and the rest of the guys are like 20 to 1, 25 to 1 and stuff like that. It might be a little bit more of a serious thing I should look at. You know, it's just kind of strange. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I can't. Yeah, no, I think like, you know, what did what did you come back from? You came from back from uh, Nate Hackett. It's like that. <laughs> back from Nate Hackett. Yeah, coming coming back from that. Would you talk about my coach like that, Andy? <laughs> Rogers. Oh yeah, that was that was that was a that was a whole thing last year, man. I'm trying to think who even it was uh, i believe yeah it was it was geno smith last year well well yeah i think geno smith um won it yes and yeah it's like uh, well yes, what yes, did you geno come S- back with yeah yeah what did you come back from you came back from was he there for the geese years it's, when he was you know when he was there with the jets i'm trying to think of his it was like 2014 2015 i'm trying to think who was even who was even coaching in uh in that season of for the the Jets, but yeah, he wasn't good off the bat, man. You know, it's fun to talk about because it, it it's fun to talk about, but hard to bet because we don't have a definition. It's like you said, it's like we've had yeah. people winning, winning it, coming back from never being good. We've had people winning it, coming back from being good. And we've had people winning it, coming back from injury. So who's the, uh, they're really giving the comeback from injury this year, the favorite, but it's just something that I'm going to, I'm going to look at a little bit more after the show and see if I can, Maybe kind of drum up some sort of small pizza money on a play. Untru- truthfully, like I, I've had, I've had nice hits over this over the years. Like you, you place enough futures, you're going to win some bets. I had a nice little Justin Jefferson twenty five to one last year. You know, the things that some I'm not going to take any credit for Burrow Heisman. You know, obviously we we know the the group behind putting people on that, but um, you know those are awesome. And you always remember them, but some of the best ones I've had in this futures market and something I still think about. And I think other people should think about are placed in the last few weeks of the season or even, you know, during the playoffs, like when these markets are still up, it was uh, back to, to New York. It was Saquon. Like when Saquon won rookie of the year, God, five years ago now, Mm. that was, there was, I think it was him and Baker or there was like a three-way race really. And it became kind of apparent that it was really leaning towards him and he was still plus money. And it was just like, yeah. well, how much are you, how much will you take on this? Yeah, I, guess. Yes, and, yes, I mean, the yes. same thing with a lot of people, once it became apparent, like, Oh, Mahomes is the favorite now. And there's books still sitting here with plus two, plus two fifty. Like that was, that was one of the bigger hits last year was just like, I'm going to empty an account on Mahomes right now. So that's, it doesn't have to be something you solve in August. I think there's always opportunities to add some nice positions as late as, like I said, that, that Barkley one, that was right before they announced the awards. It was like the week before they still had markets up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's interesting. Um, there's, there's, if you look at DraftKings and other books, Brad Fred, uh, you know, Circa, there's all kinds of markets here, and Andy and I don't have the time to go into all these. There's just so much you can bet on. You can bet on every team's situation here. 
you know, you click on the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts, 80-plus receiver yards and three-plus individual receiving games at minus 120. There's just all kinds of stuff going on. But what I found interesting is the, is the record ones. I didn't dive into that yet. But it's funny now that, you know, this is only the second year with 17 games. Um, it's just interesting to look at. I thought the market was pretty smart on it last year, but uh, I remember Jonathan Taylor being the favorite to break the rushing record, and it wasn't even that great of odds. It was like 3-1 to one or something because the 17th game, well, the dude got hurt and couldn't even play all year. But it's just interesting that you have some of that stuff. But is there any other thing that you remember playing, whether it be um, league leaders, rush TDs, receiving yards, TDs, receptions, or any types of team specials? I think one that people might want to dig into a little, and I have a couple bets on, is like exact. I'm trying to think how they phrase this, like how your season ends, um, exact uh, stage of exit. You exact know, it's something you see a lot. Well, no, like it's. Well, I did some of those too, but like the exact. <laughs> uh, you know, like Vikings lose in the wild card round. Right. right. That was one. Right. Okay. It's like man. Uh, the Vikings were overrated. They weren't a 13-win team, but they were still good. Like, that was still a playoff team last year. It was a fringe playoff team, and, you know, that it didn't matter who won that Giants game. That team was getting just savaged by, by, you know, Philly the next week. That was – and it's like the same situation. Like, this team isn't going to get markedly worse. But, man, put them up against, like, a, a good division winner or even, a you know, a, a good wild card team in like Denver or excuse me Dallas if they finish second in that division like it feels like they lose in the divisional or the wild card round again right. and there was like you know 350 or something for sure. that so I, I, I like those um god what was the rush leaders perfect record there's one that's kind of weird you, you play your <laughs> exactas now and try yeah I did I did make some funny there was an exacto where I had to vet them I looked at them both because um, I like the Broncos. I think we're both kind of in that in that boat, and it's just really hard to like the Broncos enough to say, "Oh, this team's better than Kansas City," or "This team's going to pass Kansas City and do things." So I looked at those markets for um, like the exact order. It was like one two, right, right. And it Here's was. So I wanted to bet. I wanted to bet Denver to finish second behind Kansas City. And the price for that was plus 330. Okay. But then I looked I looked at the exact forecast like you just said and it had Kansas City Denver Chargers Vegas and Kansas City Denver Vegas Chargers which are the only two things that can happen if you know if it goes Kansas City Denver one and if you did the math and bet both of those um, it was like plus 450. Okay. To to dutch them together instead of the the what was it three thirty I said against uh for just the the one two yeah so kind of look at the math on that stuff too because that's a I mean it's not huge but take take advantage if you're gonna make you know weird bets like that look at different ways to approach it because that's a that's a sizable enough difference where you should be you know unless the limits are gonna get you or something you should be looking at that as well. Well, yeah, because you just take it and then you look at the other outcomes. You like kind of like when I bet the Kansas City Chiefs at plus one, uh, no, plus one seventy five, and I bet the Chargers at uh, plus two fifty last year to win the division. I just blended the odds and I was at plus one twelve point five. 
my blended odds was yeah. plus money to have the Chargers or the Chiefs to win it. Now, I wanted the Chiefs to win it because, or, I mean, the Chargers to win it because I would have got paid more, but I still, you know, sacrificed my unit and got 75 cents to the dollar on, you know, Kansas City. You know, so I, it was just simple. It's like, yes, the Chargers or well, the Chiefs. What was the, I, I'm trying to remember, what was the Chargers price last year? It was plus 250, plus 275 in some books. In Kansas City, believe it or not, was plus 175 so because, it. well, it's because everyone was so yeah. high on Denver. Denver's win total was 10. <laughs> yeah, that's what drug him down. Yes. It, I was like, you serious? I'm like, yes, I'll take the Chargers or the Chiefs. I'm just, I'm betting against the Raiders and Denver to win at plus money. And then you just figured out what your blended odds was, and it worked out great. So I love doing that stuff. And you just got to kind of take the time and look for little nuggets like that. And um, it, it seems to work out if uh, you play it right. And uh, sometimes books make some mistakes, and I was able to capitalize on that last year, Andy. But, hey, man, we're out of time. But thank you so much for yeah, breaking this, this fun. down. It's a ton of fun talking. It is. <sighs> talking nfl with you getting getting right up to it here so i hope you uh i hope you win all your bets this year yeah i hope you win yours especially especially your eberflus bet man make sure you win that one okay i'm i'm rooting for you hard <laughs> i know you're a viking fan kind of <laughs> kind of used yeah, to be <laughs> I, mean, I, I did say that when there, when there was some uncertainty i did make the statement that if they signed jackson uh-huh. When Lamar Jackson was rumored to be moving, I said, "I'll be a Vikings fan again this year." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Now that now it's uh now it's uh, Trey Lance heading to Minnesota is the rumor. Yep, yep. Trey Lance. Yep, exactly. That would be another mess. Get yourself another Kellen Mond over there. That's exactly what you need. Uh, Minnesota yeah. Vikings. <laughs> Hope you win all your bets, Andy. Thanks again, and uh, we'll be talking soon, my friend. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Huge shout out to Andy Molitor for coming on from the Deep Dive Podcast and Bet Spurts. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Enjoy all your plays. Enjoy the games. We'll see you at the Circa and go get some winners. <laughs>